is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Welcome to my world, where it's natural, supernatural. My guest is considered by many, uh, Bill Johnson for one, the most accurate prophet he has ever met. Now, a few years ago, my guest had a dream about the future of America. And this is what he has to share. I've never heard publicly before. But for the first time, he's been given permission to share it publicly. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, when I was eight years old, I didn't know diddly about God. I knew nothing about the invisible world. You, on the other hand, at eight, what started happening to you? Well, I grew up in a home where we believed the supernatural was real. We believed in healing and prophecy, and we believed you could experience it. So I, I had dreams when I was eight years old when I would see uh, visions of seas of people of different cultures, and they were crying out to be saved, and I would be giving them good news, preaching to them. I would wake up crying, what it, I now know was intercession. And for hours, I would lay in bed weeping for these people that didn't know God. And this intercession went to a place where there was some interference that came into my life. I started hearing negative voices. I started having night terrors. I heard voices saying, I want to kill you. I've even, I even had these beings jump on me. How does an eight-year-old process something like this? Well, I think you don't know you're processing it. Sometimes we have things that happen to us as kids. We think, well, everybody's experiencing this. Well, everybody has nightmares. Everybody hears voices. But for me... I had to process it with my parents. So I'd run to the room uh, every night and say, I'm having bad dreams again. And they would always pray for me to think good thoughts, have good dreams, and then I'd go back to bed. Uh, but there was these constant bombardment. And so this negative view of the supernatural became my lens. And so I shut it down for a while because I didn't want this negative. Now, but tell me about the positive you were seeing. Were, were you in these dreams? Were you actually, do you feel you actually were going to places or seeing your future or what? There was one time I went to a place where I remember there being a, um, a, a log truck, a logging truck. There was these logs on top and the log fell off and it crushed a guy's face. And I went up to this person and I went to pray for him and I saw people standing around crying and weeping. And I said, if I pray for this man in the name of Jesus and he's healed, will you serve Jesus? And I prayed for him and immediately his jaw snapped into place and, and people came running and giving their life to Jesus. And an audible voice spoke to me and said, that's how you start a church in one day. That was one of the experiences I had. I, I think maybe someday I'll go back to that country 
and they'll say, you were here before. Now, this was an actual audible voice. Yes, I heard that audible voice in my room that said, this is how you start a church in one day. Okay, but he's a young kid. He shuts everything off until he goes to a church uh, in Pensacola, Florida called Brownsville. Tell me about it. Well, because of this negative view and this negative lens I had, my relationship with God didn't end, but it became really rational, uh, logical, through the scriptures, uh, through going to church, which are great things, but if you don't have relationship and intimacy, that just becomes sterile. And I went to Brownsville uh, because people told me about revival, and I didn't believe in revival. I didn't think it was revival. I thought it was just emotionalism. But I found people lining up for 12 hours there from 6 in the morning to 6 at night, and the Spirit of God was moving. And I was still a little skeptical, but one night in the meeting, the pastor stopped the worship service and he said, there's a preacher here. When he said those words, that voice that I would hear as a child spoke to me and I heard it outside of me. He said, he's talking to you. And for a moment, I wanted to argue, say, what do you mean? There's, <laughs> there's a lot of pastors here. Yeah. But that voice spoke to me and I listened as I listened to what the pastor said. And he said these wonderful things about this person, how God was going to touch him and take him around the world. But one thing he said, Sid, was, and God wants you to know, son, he's pleased with you. And when he said the word son, it was the first time I heard God call me son. He had called me to be a Christian, be a good boy, be a preacher. But when I heard God say son, it changed my life because one word from God can change your life. So, so again, you're, you're kind of shocked and, and you go why did you leave the auditorium when well, you get that word? I, I, first of all, I had to clean myself up. I was a mess. I was crying. I was weeping. People were handing my wife tissues. And, and so there was a break in the meeting where I could just, I slipped out. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm hearing these voices again. This was a problem for me when I was a kid. Now this problem is back. I didn't realize it was actually God. And so I sat down in the back hallway and I said, God, this, this can't be you talking to me. If it's you, I need you to show me. And out of the side door of the church comes these three prayer women interceding and they landed on the floor. And one of them looked up at me and said, you're the preacher that word was for. God's going to use you. What, what do you mean they land on the floor? Well, they came out praying in, in intercession, you know. And so they were kneeling on the floor, but just feet from me. And I'm against the back of the hallway. I'm actually thinking I need to get out of here. Now there's no way out because there's three people kneeling just 10 feet from me praying for me. I didn't know they were praying for me, but they came out to pray that God would make that word come to pass for somebody that was there. And one of them looked at me and said, you're the one. Well, guess what? That word was true. He started going all over the world. Tell me briefly about your ordination service. Well, I was invited to, st I started traveling, I was invited to go different places, and uh, I was invited to go to South America to do actually a crusade. Uh, they sent different speakers to 17 different cities around Venezuela, and the city I went to hadn't had a revival for 40 years. And the last revival was actually 40 years to the week that I was there, where blind eyes were open and deaf ears were open 40 years prior. Well, in these meetings, we had blind eyes open. We had deaf ears open. And so at the end of these week-long meetings from 17 different cities, all of the speakers came together in the, in the capital, and we ministered to a bunch of pastors. I, I was one of the ministers ministering to these pastors. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to get at the end of the line and get ministry, receive ministry. And so when I got in the line, the head pastor, the apostle, and there was a prophet from Argentina, 
they were actually anointing people with this jar. I thought it was water. I'm like, why are they sprinkling water on people? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, don't worry about your hair because they're going to pour that over your head. And I thought, oh, that's the worst thing because I don't like my hair messed up. So they came to me and stood in front of me and said, you've been traveling as a prophet, but you've never been ordained as a prophet. Today is your ordination. We're your presbytery. And they dumped what was a gallon of oil. Wow. Over my hair and my clothes. <laughs> I, Talk I, about I, the anointing. I, I had a half a glass dumped on me once, but I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite an experience. And, and I went into a vision uh, at this ordination. And what I saw was uh, a, a vast army of uh, soldiers, but I knew they were angels dressed in, in like warrior garb. And they took me and they put me on this horse. And I pointed. And when I pointed, these angels, an angel would fly and there was a man with no eyes and they put eyes in his head. And then I pointed again and there was a woman with no ears and they put ears on her. And I know now that what God was showing me was that God actually works together with us to release healing through the angelic, that the supernatural world is real and it can change the world we live in. And I believe that's available for all of us. Now, what, were you, what did you see happening when you would point? It was, it was surreal because I saw someone in the distance and they literally had no eyeballs. And when I pointed, an angel, like one of these warriors, would rise up and fly and put eyeballs in their head. And I've never shared that vision publicly with anyone uh, before today other than my wife and a few close people because it was so private. Because when God speaks to you something so private, it's, it's so personal. But I believe that there are experiences like this that can change the world that are available to people watching today. I believe that this is God's time for you to start doing what you saw in that vision. And before we have the show end, I'm going to have you do that. I'm going to have you point to someone. And the thing that's so exciting is Bob says God has shown him that you are only one God thought away from fulfilling your destiny. We'll talk about that when I come back. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Our world is rife with comparisons about what separates us. Day after day, we go about our lives with tunnel vision. But Scripture tells us how Messiah broke down the wall between Jew and Gentile, allowing for the creation of one new man, one new humanity. This spiritual completeness is set to usher in the greatest move toward God the world has ever known. Sid Roth has discovered Scripture's key to reaching the Jewish people with God's love. One new humanity opens the door for God to move in signs and wonders, and all will see the evidence of the invisible God promised in Scripture. At SidRoth.org, you'll find mentoring tools to empower you to share how one new humanity is critical to bringing multitudes to know God. You'll understand Israel and the Jewish roots of the church and how all the nations of the earth will experience blessings unseen in human history. Log on to SidRoth.org today and learn how one new man is the key to unlocking God's greatest blessings. We now return to It's Supernatural. 
Well, Pastor Kilpatrick from the Brownsville Church prophesied that Bob would go all over the world and spread the fire. But tell me what happened when you were in Australia. Well, a couple years ago, I went to Australia and I had a heaven thought. I was just praying for people and a young woman came up that was about 21 years old and she had a withered hand like this with a scar. I found out she had gone through a plate glass window when she was four, so I prayed for her that that hand would be healed and nothing happened. And so I prayed again and all of a sudden I had this thought, I saw it in heaven. I saw her playing the piano with two hands. And so I told her, this is what I see. I see you playing the piano with two hands and singing a song that you wrote yourself. And when I told her what I saw, she began to cry because she had just started taking piano lessons a year before. And she said, I can only play with one hand. So this time when we prayed, we prayed knowing what heaven's thought was. And I said, God, thank you for two brand new piano hands. And when I opened my eyes, I looked and her hand was wide open like this. And the great thing about it was- Which she could not do before it was she withered. She opened it up and she actually went home that day. She sent me a message on social media two days later. I went home today played the piano with two hands for the first time. I wrote my first song. I actually called and sang it for my pastor. I'm gonna sing it in church next week. <laughs> That's what a thought from heaven can do. Tell, tell me about this whole concept. Uh, how do you get these thoughts from heaven? How do you think like heaven? Well, I think thinking like heaven starts with thinking about heaven. And the Bible is a great place to start because it, ta it talks about the throne room of God. It, it talks about the, the sapphire sea. But one of the examples of heaven that I love in the Bible, it says it's God's throne. Heaven is his throne and he's enthroned on the praises of his people. And when I think of a throne, I think of because I'm a dad and, you know, I have a home. I have my throne, my man chair. I just got my first man chair this year, my recliner. And that's the place where my kids like to come and visit with me, jump up on my lap. And I know it's an earthly analogy, but I like to think of heaven that way. It's not where God lives, but it's a place where he interacts with us. And he wants to interact with us from heaven to earth. It's available to us. Just come to daddy's chair. Tell me how, I mean, be practical right now. Yeah. What do I do? Uh, do, I, do I just go in my spirit and say, I'm going to heaven and I, I'm going to jump on your lap, Dad? Yeah. Explain. That makes sense. You know, that I, makes sense. Uh, I know. But uh, yeah. No, it makes sense that people would have the question. Okay. Because and, and I'm the same person. I have that question. So I start when I'm in worship. I start thinking, this is real. What the Bible says is real. And then it be, God makes it real to me. And so what happens is I start to, I start to think about what would it look like for me to go up and talk to God? What would it go... Uh, to, for me to listen to what God has to say to me. And I believe that when that happens, what we're doing is we're becoming aware that it's real. And awareness is the first step to accessing it. And, and once we become aware that, that these thoughts are real, for instance, there's a, a study done that 50% uh, of our waking hours are spent daydreaming. If we become aware of what we're thinking when we're daydreaming, I believe many times heaven is speaking to us and that's an invitation for us to enter into. So if we become aware of it, we can access it. And I believe in the middle of our daydreaming are destiny dreams. But most people have all of these thoughts and they don't have a clue that God is in the midst, in the mix. Yeah, the practical way is this, is that whenever you have a thought, you play it out to its end. So if you're getting on an airplane, you're thinking, oh boy, I hope this doesn't crash. Boy, I hope this, there's no turbulence. But instead, why don't we think of the best ending? Because the word hope is actually God's expected ending. So worry is using your imagination in a negative way, but hope 
is using your God thoughts in a way that will show you God's expected ending. And we can do that with any circumstance in our life. If we take a moment, we focus on God's atmosphere of heaven. God can speak to you right now if you're going through a situation in your home or your family, you're going through a relationship problem. What does God say about it? Because he's looking down to invite you to a place where you can experience the atmosphere of heaven and think like him. Tell me an example of how someone had a God thought and it changed their life or even could impact society. Yeah, I mean, I have literally hundreds of examples of speaking to people and helping them to see because whenever we enter into what God says about us, it actually gives us permission to become what God says about us. Just recently, I was in Kansas City and I was leaving a meeting and in the hallway, a young lady said, do you have any God thoughts for me? Do you have a word for me? And I said, I looked at her, I said, I really don't, but I'm going to ask the Lord what he wants to say to you. And when I did, I saw the, the word scholarship written over her head. And I said, you know, I see you as wanting to go to college, but you don't feel like you can get a scholarship. But God wants you to know that if you ask, you'll receive. And she started to cry. She said, you know, I downloaded scholarship applications last night hmm. and I didn't fill them out because I thought the answer would be no. So but she had a God thought, but you had to say that word to let her realize it was a God thought because she had already downloaded. That was God that had her download that. Exactly. And if we don't step into what God says or the idea, so we become aware of it and then we access it. Now we have to cooperate with it. We have to actually go into it in order for God to achieve the purpose he wants to achieve. And so, you know, the Bible says that not only be hearers, but doers of the word. And I believe that that's true, not just with the scriptures, but it's also true with every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When he speaks something, he enables us to enter into it. And when you think something from God, if you test it out by stepping into it, you might change your life. You know, just listening to you speak, it, 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 it activates something in me to be actually expectant for a God thought. But that's the faith dimension. Absolutely. And expectancy is what makes us aware. So if I start to expect it, when it happens, I'll start to realize, hey, that's it. That's a God thought. That wasn't just me. That was actually God dropping something in my heart. And sometimes that will happen in the most unexpected places. For Peter, it was just getting ready for dinner. He was just kind of sleepy on, you know, on the Sabbath. And all of a sudden the heavens open and he has this great vision, which by the way, is my favorite vision in the Bible because it has to do with eating. And I think any vision that has to do with eating is good. But through this one thought, he, re he reached unreachable cultures. And I believe one thought from God can give us an idea to reach a new business market, uh, to reach people in our neighborhood we don't know. And I believe one idea from God can give you the potential to reach out to a culture that you've never met before. Tell me someone that had a God thought that totally impacted a culture. Yeah. One of my favorites in history is a woman named Harriet Beecher Stowe. Mm -hmm. She grew up in a preacher's home, had five brothers who were preachers, married a preacher. She always wanted to be a preacher, but her culture said that woman, women couldn't be preachers. So she went to church one day in New York City uh, as taking her kids to church, and she has an open vision, a thought from heaven. And when she has this open vision, she sees the mistreatment of slaves. 
And she goes home that day and writes a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin, which has changed the world. It's required reading in, in many European countries. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said, this is the little lady who launched this great war. In other words, she changed the hearts of leaders and where so many people stood up for this issue and so many people paid a price for it. There was a woman who was told to be silent, who had an idea from God that literally changed culture. And I believe that's available for us today in the situations in our country, in the things that God wants to do in your life. One thought from heaven can change everything for you. Okay, I have two thoughts for you right now. Number one, people that have pain in your fingers, you're being healed right now. Just bend them like that. You'll see there is no pain or discomfort. And the second thought I have is that when Bob releases for the first time He's been sitting on this for years. The future of America, something major is going to happen in your life. Be right back. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here with Bob Hayslett. And uh, Bob, the concepts that you teach, they are so life changing. For instance, this book. Think like heaven. I love the cover. It's a light bulb with the world. What does this mean to you? Well, to me, the Bible says that Jesus was the light of the world and that we have that light inside of us. So when we can think like God, we actually can help to bring God's thoughts to the earth. And I believe it's possible for all of us to get thoughts from God. And every single day, God wants to speak to us and is speaking to us. We just have to be aware of it. And I believe through resources like this, you can actually have ideas from God you've never had before. You know, there's studies done that 50% of our waking hours were daydreaming. And I believe some of that time we're actually God dreaming. There's God ideas that are coming to us even while we're awake. And we just have to tune into those thoughts. And Think Like Heaven is actually a book to help you become aware of heavenly thoughts that are already coming to you so you can capture them and then act on them in your life. Tell me about what you believe the anointing, the transferable anointing on this book is, maybe even an example of someone. Yeah. One of the greatest uh, anointings I believe on this book, Think Like Heaven, is the power to be able to see yourself differently. Because when you can see God clearly and you can see yourself, you'll be able to see the circumstances around you, your world around you differently. I want to tell you about Joy. She's a young lady who got this book, but I met her in a meeting where uh, I was just praying for people and I saw her name tag Joy and I said to her, God's going to restore to you the joy of singing. And when I said that, she began to weep and I began to speak to her about problems she was having in her digestive system, in her reproductive system, and even in her joints. And she testified later that she was completely healed of those sicknesses. But the word that healed her was actually, God's going to restore to you the joy of your singing. And the reason is, is because when she was 12 years old, her mother had a broken marriage and used to take her to bars to sing karaoke so she could attract relationships to herself. And so Joyce thought that singing was a bad thing that attracted bad things to her life. But one word from God, one idea from God, changed Joy's perspective and healed her body. And she got this book and she realized God had a plan for her life. And the person who actually gave me this testimony written out was 
her new fiance because she realizes that she can have a healthy relationship, she can have a healthy body, she can have healthy children. And I believe that when you hear from God that everything changes in your life. Tell me about the four CDs that you made just for us called Prophecy Made Practical. Yeah, I love to make the supernatural practical to people. I believe everyone is created to hear God's voice and everyone is created to speak what God speaks. For me, prophecy isn't just saying what God says. It's actually seeing from God's perspective first, seeing and then saying. And in Ephesians, it says, or Corinthians, it says that we should eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. I've asked that question many times to the Holy Spirit. Why especially prophecy? I believe it's because prophecy conveys the heart of God and the perspective of God. And I believe that everyone can see from God's perspective and can speak from God's perspective. If you're a teacher that teaches in school, if you're a scientist that uh, develops cures, you can hear from God. And actually, those are people that I've actually spoken to, and I've helped them to hear from God for themselves in their jobs and in their families. You like to say millions of people are one God thought away from their destiny. They're ready to give up, but they're not going to when they read this book, are they? No, they won't, because hope is what allows us to see the unseen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means when we can see from God's perspective, get his idea of what's around us, we'll actually have hope. And hope creates a picture of what God wants to do when everything looks the opposite. Hope is the ability to see the unseen realm. That doesn't take a special gift. That actually just takes a perspective shift. And this book, I believe, will shift your perspective to where you're already seated with Christ in heavenly places. You can think like heaven because you actually are thinking from the place you live. Okay. Consider yourself challenged. Do you want to hear from God in a practical, simple way? You are only one God thought away from not just changing your destiny, but changing the destiny of everyone around you. You have significance. You and God can change the world. Get ready to receive a prophetic impartation with Bob Hazlett's new book, Think Like Heaven, and four CD set, Prophecy Made Practical, for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at SidRoth.org. That's SidRoth.org. The new book, Think Like Heaven, and four CD series, Prophecy Made Practical, for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9356. Once again, that's offer number 9356. We now return to It's Supernatural. You know, when Bob was a young boy, he did not have the power, the knowledge, the ability to recognize when a thought was from God, when a thought was from the devil, when a thought was perhaps from himself, and, and the devil took advantage of it. Uh, you had suicidal thoughts as a child. I did. Along with these night terrors and, and visitations, uh, I had these thoughts going through my mind. You're worthless. Kill yourself. Sometimes audibly, 
sometimes uh, literally something jumping on top of me. And I would come to my parents' room and I would ask them for prayer. Uh, but one night I went to my parents' room and, and my father was praying for me and like he normally did, help him to think good thoughts. And, and all of a sudden his voice changed. And he said, and I command these suicidal thoughts to be quieted and never come back. And when he did that, something broke in me. I started to cry because my father didn't know that. I had never told anyone, but my father in heaven did. And when you hear your father's voice, it quiets all the other voices around you. And I believe that's a key to learning the difference between where the thoughts come from. Because Jesus said, you'll hear my voice and you won't follow the voice of a stranger. Okay, recently you heard that same voice again, but you reacted very differently. Yeah, I was doing a conference and uh, the, the auditorium was empty in between sessions. And I happened to be walking through and I heard this voice. It was like it came from a balcony. It, it seemed audible, but it was one of those outside of you voices. And it was the same voice. You're worthless. You should kill yourself. And I stopped and I had this funny moment because I realized how ridiculous this thought was. And I, I pointed to the balcony. If anyone saw me, they'd think I was crazy. I said, you're not my thought. I know where you came from, and I'm not going to listen to that anymore. Well, we, we don't comprehend how much authority we have in the name of Jesus over that little imp that's lying. That's right. But whenever the devil exposes his thoughts, he actually exposes a vulnerability <laughs> because now I knew the voices other people were hearing. And that night, 12 people got set free from suicidal thoughts and suicidal actions and totally delivered from that spirit of suicide. And I believe that same voice is here today to release you from voices that have tormented you, to break off suicidal thoughts off of you. Well, you had a dream about something that's going to happen in America very soon, but you weren't at liberty to share it until just now. What was that briefly? Well, I had a, I had a dream in 2008, and in this dream, uh, I saw a, a basketball team winning a game five to four, which to me, that's a court. And I, and I heard a voice fill my room that said, as a result of a court case, the Texas state legislature will outlaw abortion. And I believe we're in a time where God wants to heal the sins in the land, uh, that there's been sins against the natives, there's been sins against uh, other people groups. But one of the gravest sins in America is the sin of not valuing the life of the unborn and the elderly, the most vulnerable in society. And I feel like the Lord is saying he's heard the prayers of the thousands of people that have gathered in stadiums and prayed, of the, the thousands of young people who put tape over their mouth with the word life and stood silently interceding for the life of the unborn, of the generations of grandparents that have prayed, of the people who have wept over their decisions. I believe that God is saying, don't give up on your prayers because I haven't given up on your prayers. And I believe we're going to see a shift in our nation around the value of life. And it's going to start in, in, state, in the state level. And I believe Texas will be one of those places. Since I've had that word, Texas has gone from over 50 abortion clinics to less than 10 now. And I believe we're going to see the diminishing of the finances around this issue and a diminishing of the desire. And there's going to be hope for those of that are contemplating ending, ending termin, uh, terminating pregnancy. There's going to be hope for this nation. And I believe God is saying, I've heard your prayers. Don't give up because I do want to heal your land. If I'm understanding you right, you're seeing that from a state level, 
Christians are going to start changing the whole destiny of America. I believe that every election is important. And I believe that we need to pray and, and elect godly leaders. But I believe that there's an opportunity for the kingdom of God to come in, particularly at the local and state level. And when the, the righteous rule of the city rejoices, and I believe we're going to see strong leaders that rise up at the state level. In fact, I, I believe we're going to see a shift from uh, the rulership from the top to the rulership from beneath. And there's going to be local and state leadership that's going to begin to pass laws for the value of life, and that's only one of the issues that's going to be affected by this. Okay, you had a vision yes. in heaven of the lampstand. Briefly, tell me what it was and what yeah. effect it had on you. You know, when God gives you a thought, you can enter back into it. You can enter into a bad memory or a good memory. And so one time during worship, I was remembering the vision that I had in South America of these angels that put me on the mm -hmm. horse, and, they, and there was healing released. I said, God, I want more of that. I want more of you. I'm hungry for more. And immediately I was taken from that moment where I saw myself on the horse to the tabernacle of heaven. And I was walking through the stages of the tabernacle. And as I got closer to the Holy of Holies, there was this lampstand. Zechariah says it's the, it's the lampstand of heaven. Isaiah said it's the sevenfold spirit of God. And so there was uh, this being there. I believe it was an angel. It didn't have a face that handed me these seven vials of oil and said, this is this, the, the anointing oil of the sevenfold spirit of God, the fullness of the spirit. And as a result, you're going to see brain injuries healed. Uh, the way I pour anointing, poured anointing oil over you when you're ordained, you're going to anoint people with the spirit of God and you're going to see brain injuries healed. Pray that right now. Yes. So God, I thank you that you're healing uh, neurological disorders. You're healing ADD, ADHD, and even the testimonies that I've seen since that moment of people being healed of stroke uh, and paralysis of neurological things, of ADD, of bipolar disorder, that that anointing oil, the sevenfold spirit of God from Isaiah chapter 11 is being released now to bring healing to minds, but also to release the ideas from heaven and that our, our minds will be able to be set on things above and not on things of this world. Bob, it's great that you operate this way, but what's even better is you have a passion to have others operate the way Jesus did. Explain. Well, I've seen people from seven to 70 that learned to hear God's voice and it changed their life. No one's too young, no one's too old, no one's exempt. The Bible says eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. And prophecy is seeing from God's perspective and then saying what God says. So yes, it's available for everyone, business people, people in government, people that are educators, moms, dads, preachers, non-preachers, God, no one is exempt from the voice of God. And I believe that heaven is open today. I believe the, the same presence that uh, surrounded my life, that I didn't recognize the positive part, that negative lens is, is moving away from people. The noise of the atmosphere, the voice of the adversary, and the voice of uh, accusation that's come against them in their life is being shifted away, and the voice from heaven above is being released in their life. Give me an example from the Bible, like Nathaniel. Yeah. Well, I love to watch the way Jesus um, brought heaven to earth. You know, and my favorite story is uh, a man named Nathaniel, because I, I relate to him a lot. He's sort of skeptical skeptical guy. He's kind of a tell it like it is kind of guy. You know, I, I don't believe anything good comes from Nazareth. <laughs> but there's a powerful uh, passage 
where Jesus, it says, and Jesus saw Nathanael and he said of him, this is an Israelite in whom there's nothing false. To realize that Jesus saw him the way that God saw him, not as skeptical or cynical, but he saw him as a one who is a seeker of the truth. And when he spoke that to him, he actually opened up a realm of heaven to come into Nathanael's life. So Jesus saw him from an earthly perspective. But in the end, what Jesus ended up prophesying is that you're going to see heaven open, Nathaniel. You are skeptical of what you saw on earth, but I'm going to show you things of heaven and you're going to tell other people what you saw. I think that's the absolute best story of God turning the tables on someone, that he could take someone who's heard negative voices, who's been skeptical, and he can let them hear God from heaven and say, this is how I see you. You're a son. You're a daughter. Now you're going to help others hear from heaven and see heaven too. You are one God thought away from your destiny, and it's a wonderful destiny. Hello, Sid Roth here with Bob Hayslett. And uh, Bob, the concepts that you teach, they are so life changing. For instance, this book, Think Like Heaven. I love the cover. It's a light bulb with the world. What does this mean to you? Well, to me, the Bible says that Jesus was the light of the world and that we had that light inside of us. So when we can think like God, we actually can help to bring God's thoughts to the earth. And I believe it's possible for all of us to get thoughts from God. And every single day, God wants to speak to us and is speaking to us. We just have to be aware of it. And I believe through resources like this, you can actually have ideas from God you've never had before. You know, there's studies done that 50% of our waking hours were daydreaming. And I believe some of that time we're actually God dreaming. There's God ideas that are coming to us even while we're awake. And we just have to tune into those thoughts. And Think Like Heaven is actually a book to help you become aware of heavenly thoughts that are already coming to you so you can capture them and then act on them in your life. Tell me about what you believe the anointing, the transferable anointing on this book is, maybe even an example of someone. Yeah. One of the greatest uh, anointings I believe on this book, Think Like Heaven, is the power to be able to see yourself differently. Because when you can see God clearly and you can see yourself, you'll be able to see the circumstances around you, your world around you differently. I want to tell you about Joy. She's a young lady who got this book, but I met her in a meeting where uh, I was just praying for people and I saw her name tag Joy and I said to her, God's going to restore to you the joy of singing. And when I said that, she began to weep and I began to speak to her about problems she was having in her digestive system, in her reproductive system, and even in her joints. And she testified later that she was completely healed of those sicknesses. But the word that healed her was actually, God's going to restore to you the joy of your singing. And the reason is, is because because when she was 12 years old, her mother had a broken marriage and used to take her to bars to sing karaoke so she could attract relationships to herself. And so Joyce thought that singing was a bad thing that attracted bad things to her life. But one word from God, one idea from God changed Joy's perspective and healed her body. And she got this book and she realized God had a plan for her life. And the person who actually gave me this testimony written out was her new fiance, because she realizes that she can have a healthy relationship. She can have a healthy body. She can have healthy children. And I believe that when you hear from God, that everything changes in your life. 
tell me about the four CDs that you made just for us called Prophecy Made Practical. Yeah, I love to make the supernatural practical to people. I believe everyone is created to hear God's voice and everyone is created to speak what God speaks. For me, prophecy isn't just saying what God says. It's actually seeing from God's perspective first, seeing and then saying. In Ephesians, it says, or Corinthians, it says that we should eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. I've asked that question many times to the Holy Spirit. Why especially prophecy? I believe it's because prophecy conveys the heart of God and the perspective of God. And I believe that everyone can see from God's perspective and can speak from God's perspective. If you're a teacher that teaches in school, if you're a scientist that uh, develops cures, you can hear from God. And actually, those are people that I've actually spoken to, and I've helped them to hear from God for themselves in their jobs and in their families. You like to say millions of people are one God thought away from their destiny. They're ready to give up, but they're not going to when they read this book, are they? No, they won't, because hope is what allows us to see the unseen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means when we can see from God's perspective, get his idea of what's around us, we'll actually have hope. And hope creates a picture of what God wants to do when everything looks the opposite. Hope is the ability to see the unseen realm. That doesn't take a special gift. That actually just takes a perspective shift. And this book, I believe, will shift your perspective to where you're already seated with Christ in heavenly places. You can think like heaven because you actually are thinking from the place you live. Okay. Consider yourself challenged. Do you want to hear from God in a practical, simple way? You are only one God thought away from not just changing your destiny, but changing the destiny of everyone around you. You have significance. You and God can change the world. Get ready to receive a prophetic impartation with Bob Hazlett's new book, Think Like Heaven, and four CD set, Prophecy Made Practical, for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at SidRoth.org. That's SidRoth.org. The new book, Think Like Heaven, and four CD series, Prophecy Made Practical, for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9356. Once again, that's offer number 9356. Next week on It's Supernatural. Is there a diabolical plot to remove major sections from the Bible that we don't even talk about today, which will cost us the power of God and in some cases, even our very salvation. My guest says yes. Your gifts to this ministry will help Sid air It's Supernatural in Israel 28 times a week and distribute his evangelistic book to the Jewish people worldwide.